What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcasts, and with me, as always, is the Scooby-Doo to my Norville Shaggy Rogers, Jake. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm great. That was a wonderful opening. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, man, I am kind of a sweaty, gross mess. It was a hot one today and just worked outside all day, so you know how it is. I do. How about I you, did man? the opposite of that today. I didn't go outside except for to grill some burgers, so it was pretty nice. great. Nice. That does sound pretty nice. What'd you put on them burgers? Some pepper jack cheese and mustard. Ooh, fancy. Well, we don't mm-hmm. want to get on, we don't want to be talking about the burgers too much because we got a lot to cover today. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't get sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, let's start off with our socials because everyone's forgotten since last week. You can find us at facebook.com slash two worlds podcast. Also on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore podcast. Our Instagram handle is at two worlds pod. And you can email us at twoworldspodcast at gmail.com. And please like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. And Casey, let's hop right into some news. What you got for me? Okay, so the big news that kind of happened, I think, like, literally the next day after we posted our last podcast was Ruby Rose announced that she is stepping down as Batwoman. They're going to a recast for season two. What I thought was kind of funny was Stephanie Beatrice. She plays on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as like kind of like the cool cop she tweeted now reads everything batwoman and i honestly enjoy her as batwoman i'm really shocked ruby rose is gone she kind of looked perfect for the part i I never watched the show so i can't really speak to how you know the quality but everything i heard as far as the casting it was really good but it was pretty you know like i said pretty shocking see and people at, like customers at my shop said the opposite. They said that she was like the worst part of the whole show. Really, that the supporting okay. characters were great, but that she just fell out of place. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what like one of the things that I've, I've heard though is that I guess the fans weren't the kindest to her as uh, comic book fans are known to be, and that really got to her. Is one of the, is what the rumors going around saying that you know the reason why she left. So, I mean, I guess good riddance if she wasn't uh, very good. (laughs) Right. And I I heard another rumor that uh, that she was just awful to deal with in production, like with, like, crew and stuff. So, I mean, we're never going to know. You you hear so many things. It's like, who's to say what actually went down? Yeah, the only – oh, I think the only way that you'll actually – will ever actually know is if she kind of comes out and tosses people under the bus and then – the people she tossed on their bus are like, no, that's not what happened. This is what happened. And like everyone else kind of agrees that that's what happened. <laughs> I think that's the only <laughs> way. I don't think she's going to do that. So we'll just right. have to, you know, probably never know. But it'd be fun if it did. <laughs> um, one of the things I saw was that there is a new Mega Man comic coming out. It's called Mega Man Fully Charged based on the show of the same name. The art looks pretty interesting. I haven't seen the show, so I don't know what it's like. But uh, I've read the last couple Mega Man comics, so I'll probably read this one too. Yeah, I didn't even know that show existed, so I wonder what it's about. Yeah, I don't know. I tried to look up a little bit on it, and I guess it started 
in 2019, I think. Mm. But yeah, I don't know what it plays on or if it's any good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might be like a sonic boom type of thing. Right. All right, well, um, there's a new Deceased series coming out by Tom Taylor. It's going to be digital first. It's called Deceased Hope at World's End. It, I mean, Deceased is one of those things where it's like I picked up the first issue and I couldn't get into it, and then now I look back, I'm like, I should have gave that a couple more reads. I'm so disappointed I didn't because it sounds so cool. But, like, that first issue, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything about it. I was just like, oh, cool, this might be neat. And I'm like, everyone's dying. This can't, like, they're all going to be brought back because I didn't know it was, like, a alternate reality thing, you know, where <laughs> people can just die whenever. I'm like, this is stupid. And I found out, like, oh, no, this these deaths are for keeps. I'm like, crap, I wish I would have kept on it. <laughs> yeah, especially because at this point there's been a lot more, you know, but yeah. two series maybe. So yeah, I think this I is know the that third. The, uh, right. The second one wrapped up this week. Um, but yeah, I've not read it. I've just flipped through issues here and there to see what the, the big fights were kind of like I did with most of the injustice comics. Yeah. Uh, but definitely some cool fights. I'm sure and, that it will, it'll sell well because the yeah. other two have. And spoiler alert, like that whole, the way when Superman got the zombified in the first series, like I saw that on Instagram, someone posted it, and it's been out long enough that you can't be that surprised. And that was insane. It's like so well written, so smart, and also terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that was what they were going for. I know. So they did their job. It was awesome. (laughs) I'll let you give a couple more because I had way less news than you did. Okay. And and then uh, last week we talked about the rumors that, you know, I had just seen the rumors of the Snyder Cut. And then, like, a couple hours later, it got officially announced that the Snyder Cut is coming to HBO Max. Uh, This version of of Justice League is going to be – it's going to be released at – around 2021 it's going to cost 20 to 30 million dollars the crew the crew will return to finish the movie and it is said to be a four-hour movie or a might be six one-hour long parts so they could do like a like the last michael jordan's last dance thing that you know documentary that came out they're gonna they might be doing like hour installments which is the way to do it like i would hate to try to sit through four hours of a Zack snyder movie yeah, I'm with you on that. And, you know, I mean, is it really going to be that much different than what we got except for, like, the ending maybe, you know? It it sounds like it, honestly. I mean, just from the rumors, but it also sounds like um, Batman Superman where he was like, I'm going to put everything I can in this movie. Does it need to make sense? No, it's going to look cool. So, you know, like, I have a feeling it's going to be, like I said, a lot different, but it's also just going to leave people going like, what was that good? No, I don't know what this was. Right. I, I don't know. Like I'll definitely see it just because, you know, we have to, Yeah. (laughs) it's like ingrained in us to see it. But I've heard some of the things that he wanted to do before, and didn't really agree with most of them. But at the same time, he's had 
when did that come out? 2017? So he's had over two years to, like, maybe listen to everyone else's good ideas. And maybe he'll just kind of patchwork something together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, I don't, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to listen to anyone else's ideas. That's true. And then, so oh, go ahead. I had an interesting idea. So... What like what is your dream Justice League team? It can be I want seven members of anyone that's ever been a leaguer ever. Hmm. So Superman has to be in it. So does um, Batman and Wonder Woman. So like the Trinity has to be there. And then you can get the fun characters in there. Like, this will not be good reading, like, if we were to read this comic book-wise, because then you're like, because I'm going to throw in Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, because, like, I just like them. But you put them with Wonder Woman, like, they're going to, they're going to drag that team down, you know? Like, they're great <laughs> characters, but they, they're not going to be bolstering it up. Uh, and then I I put in Hal Jordan and Wally West, because I just like, like, again, I just like those characters. Like, that's not, like, the, that would be, a ter- like, not the best Justice League team. Like, I think the best Justice League team, you have to have um, Aquaman and Martian Manhunter and instead of Hal, John Stewart. But, sure, you know, it's just, those are the ones, I think they're neat, so I'm putting them in. <laughs> hey, that's fair. What about you, buddy? And, I mean, I, I would have been tempted to put um, Booster and Beetle in it, too. And when I say mine, you're probably going to think, gee, Jake, that sounds a whole lot like Justice League International. And you'd be correct. (laughs) But uh, so I didn't put the Trinity, like the whole Trinity in. I did put Wonder Woman on my list um, just because I like her a whole lot. I did go with Martian Manhunter, uh, Mr. Miracle, and Big Barda mostly because I like them as characters, and let's be honest, they would bolster the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Hawkman, just because I don't think he gets enough love and he's one of my favorites. I'd throw in Dr. Fate just to handle any of the magic stuff. And then for some of the humor, I'd throw in Plastic Man, who nice. banter with any of those characters would be pretty funny, I think. I remember one, it was a Justice League comic, and uh, it was Plastic Man and Barter related, so that's why it reminded me. I already know this story. Yeah, with the dress? Yep. Yep. (laughs) She's wearing a red dress. She's wearing a red dress, and then the, like, someone says something, you know, like, oh, thank you. She, like, mentions how, she's like, oh, thanks for the red dress or whatever. It's like, I didn't give you that, and it turns out it's Plastic Man, and he's like, oh, you know, and then... Uh. <laughs> it takes like I think it takes Orion and like someone else to like hold her back from killing him. <laughs> uh, so dang funny. And then, but then also with the uh, since directors are getting their versions released, David Ayer may get his Suicide Squad cut released, and when that news broke, he might be getting his own movie released uh jimmy palmiotti actually said he's seen a lot of the stuff that kind of went on the cutting room floor and he said there's a lot more harley quinn and joker stuff that we just didn't see which that's kind of what everyone's saying 
and I'm not interested in that at all. Like, the other stuff in Suicide Squad, I actually it would be like, oh, that'd be fun to see, but more Joker, I, I don't care. I don't want to see more Joker either, and... Like, I didn't think that movie was good, but I did think it was fun. But I really don't want more of that Joker, and I don't know if I want to sit through Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang again, because I think he's just the worst actor on planet <laughs> Earth. And I, I just hated Captain Boomerang in that. You well, know, I think the best part of that movie was Katana, and yeah. they gave her, like, 20 seconds like mm-hmm. the actress was perfect. I think the she costume played, was like, perfect. If, the costume was perfect. If you know anything about the character, she knocked it out of the park. Yeah. We just didn't get any of it. And it's like, why, like, why are we getting captain boomerang being a brony, but not getting any of the actual good parts? It just drove me insane. It's easy humor. I think is the big thing. Yeah. Well, it causes me to go off on a tirade. <laughs> well, does that make you really excited that Captain Boomerang's going to be back for the next, for the new one? <laughs> Is he really? I thought everybody got recast. I don't I think he's the same. I think he's one of the few well, him and Margot Robbie are the only two that are like the coming back. It's probably because he can't get work with any other film <laughs> studio because he's that terrible. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? My schedule's open. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, man. I know. Anyway, I'll, I'll quit complaining about Jai Courtney. <laughs> what else you got? Okay, so this is more news just for me, and I'm going to actually have you pre-order it for me. Godzilla Rulers of the Earth Volume 1 is getting a reprint. It's available May 27th. If you can't wait, I think you can still buy it on, like, the original trade on Amazon for, like, a couple hundred dollars. But (laughs) I'd say just wait for the reprint. (laughs) It's Uh, it's, I actually can confirm that that is coming out this week. Yeah, so I, I, I've been meaning to text you about it. I was like, I'll just wait for the podcast. Let everyone hear what, what I'm planning on buying myself. <laughs> you knew then, I was going to order it anyways. <laughs> and then uh, on talking about Godzilla, new images of Godzilla, Kong, and the new Kaiju Kamazots from the upcoming Legendary Godzilla vs. King Kong prequel comics have come out. This is all at WonderCon at home. And then also, I read it something today that Godzilla vs. Kong may be pushed back some more because the art book that was supposed to come out around the time the movie was released, the kids' book that was supposed to come out around the time the release, have been pushed back till next summer. So the movie might be getting pushed back again. I'm not even sure if the movie exists now. That is really disappointing. Yeah. And uh, the comic, though, is going to be by... Greg Keyes and Drew Johnson. The art looks insane. And then the new kaiju is like Kamazots. That's how you say his name, I think. It's described as darkness and the embodiment of nightmares. And it's a male. So I'm a little disappointed it's not going to be like, since it's a big flying bat, that it's not going to be King Kong's like girlfriend, like how Mothra was Godzilla's girlfriend. (laughs) So we could get like the boyfriend and girlfriends against each other, you know, but it still looks pretty cool. 
I I did see those uh, images of Kamazats this morning, and I thought it looked awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the one thing that you can't, like, even if you didn't like King of the Monsters, which there's some Godzilla fans that don't, you can't deny that these new Titans or Kaiju or whatever you want to call them look incredible. Like, that's the that's one thing that you cannot deny. It's much better Absolutely. than the Mudos that we had in the first one. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even hate those, too. I thought that was pretty neat, but I, I know I, a lot of people have differing opinions on that. Yeah, like, with those, I would have liked them more had they not, like, for some reason, after Cloverfield came out, there were so many different monsters that just had the big, like, front arms that kind of, like, crawled, like, you know, like, reverse uh, crickets, you know, like, how their arms were up in the air. Like, I, did, I was like, <laughs> I just saw this with Cloverfield. I don't need to see this in Godzilla. Fair enough. Well, uh, the last thing I have is that DC is replacing their DC Previews magazine with a digital only called DC Connect. I'm pretty fine with it. Most people look at digital previews anyways. Um, you know, it saves paper and it saves me the hassle of getting a thousand copies more than I asked for anyways, because no matter how few I ask for, they will send me about 10 times <laughs> the number that I requested. So if they're doing away with it, it's cool. And I mean, let's be real. There was like maybe five people that were still picking up previews magazine. I think, you know, as far as digital stuff goes, I'm okay with previews being digital. Yeah, I mean, really, the that's where I look at my, you know, like, if I want to try something out, I either look at that or I just kind of go, okay, why not? This has got a neat name. So, yeah, because, yeah, like, because I'm not smart enough to be able to keep track of, like, when something's the, the day, you know, the week something's supposed to come out. I'm not able to realize that. So when I just see the list of stuff, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to Google this. Or I'll be like, oh, this just sounds neat. Why not try it? But, uh, so, okay, where is it? There's a new Earth 1 Green Lantern. It's Earth 1 Volume 2 of Green Lanterns coming out. It's going to be like Hal Jordan and Green Lant and uh, John Stewart are going to team up. And they're going to try and save the last Guardian uh, from a force in you know, from an evil force like this the earth one stuff just really kind of annoys me because it was such a neat idea that dc just dropped big time like when superman earth one came out they got uh jms to write it and like he did a really great job reimagining superman's origin that's not an easy thing to do because it's been done so many times but he did a really good job made a new origin for him and then I think about three months later, DC rebooted their whole universe. And then just like, oh, we're going to do the new 52 now. So it's like they made Earth 1 just completely pointless from then on. And so now they're still trying to do stuff with Earth 1. It just doesn't make any sense because like, not, I don't think anything's really connected. I don't think Batman Earth 1's connected to Superman or Wonder Woman or any of that. So it's like, what's the point? Why did you do this? It could have been great. Like, that could have been your ultimate universe, and you didn't have to do New 52. Right. I uh, haven't really read... I'm, I may have read the, the first Batman one. Um, 
I always just kind of thought they were like standalone things. I never really thought that, oh, maybe all these Earth One titles should connect, but that would have been cool. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you're calling something like the way I look at it, if you're calling something Earth One, that means this is all its own universe. So just make it like your ultimate universe and then do Justice League Earth One after you finally get all this stuff out there. But DC just, I like. There had to have been multiple voices in the DC front office to think this was a good idea because otherwise they could have just been like, JMS, you're going to be writing the new 52 Superman. You don't have to worry about Earth-1 Superman because what's the point? Right. Well, no matter what, I I did look... Because I, I think this, this Green Lantern Volume 2... I believe is the same artist as Volume 1. Do you know? I think so, yeah. I have the people written down. It's uh, written by Corinna Bechko, and art is by Gabriel Hardman. And it looks like it's going to be pretty awesome, but I'm just left going, what's the point? Right. Well, the only thing I wanted to say was I flipped through Earth 1, Volume 1, and... If it is Gabriel Hartman, which I think it was, it was some of the coolest art I've ever seen, especially for Green Lantern. Yeah. Like, his style was just so great for that character. So maybe I should read that and then check out this new one. Yeah, I mean, I'd be really interested, but, like, I think they're about 20 bucks a pop. So it's hard for me to be like, yeah, 20 bucks for something that's, you know, DC really doesn't care about. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, couldn't you say the same thing about an Elseworlds title? It's still entertaining. I mean, kind of, but at least with the Elseworld titles, it's not like them just trying to reimagine something that's been reimagined a hundred times. It's usually like, Batman was Green Lantern, you know, that type of thing, instead of it just being, or like, there's another one where Batman, Superman, or... um jack the ripper but batman's there like they're all batman related i just realized (laughs) (laughs) most of them yeah but i mean at least like that's a neat interesting take with this one it's just like hey you know this origin story well guess what we're gonna change it up slightly (laughs) fair enough all right, and then this was uh, something I thought was just kind of interesting. Mark Wade is going to be doing a live Q&A on the DC Universe app. It's this Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time and 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's really cool just because, like, he's done so much for DC, and I think he kind of, like, just from the stuff he kind of tweeted back in the day, it sounded like he had burnt, burnt his bridges there. Like, he once said that he was banned from ever entering their offices again. And... Which it's like, that's believable, but it's just kind of funny (laughs) that, like, he's now getting to do this. I mean, maybe it's just the quarantine and the fact that they're like, you still can't come to our office, but this is all, you know, via Skype, so go ahead. But, yeah, I'm just glad that he's... But but what if this is, like, the start of them, like, making amends and writing something for DC? I would love that. I was thinking today, and this is just, like, off the top of my head, but, like... He just kind of deserves like a cushy CW writing job. <laughs> like he knows all the characters' yeah. voices well enough, and it's just like they could easily just put him on, and be like, "Just here, just do stuff with this. Like, make sure we're writing these characters well." And he's like, "Okay, 
I know all right. of them because I've written all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my question. I, I already have an answer, but if he did come back to DC, who would you want to see him write? Off the top of my head, just rewrite, you know, write Flash again since we're having Williamson leave anyway. Yeah, fair enough. What about you, uh, man? I would, I'm going to say Green Arrow. Nice. They have, you know, similar views, and I think <laughs> it would be nice to have someone like that on Green Arrow who kind of struggles, I think, with keeping a series since, you know, the the 90s, like 2000s. I guess maybe it was early 2000s when that wrapped up, but, you know, it'd be cool to, to see him have a long run on a character like that. Yeah, now I got a question for you. Like, did they do anything with Green Arrow during Rebirth? Yeah, he had uh, he had a fifty issue series. Okay, was and then also with Rebirth, did they kind of make him more like classic Green Arrow, or was he still like the new Fifty Two, young Green Arrow? Uh, I would say more classic. I read a okay. chunk of it, and honestly, like the uh, the Benjamin Percy stuff was awesome, <laughs> like yeah. really good stuff. Um. But then it switched creative teams a couple times, and then usually when that happens, the series gets canceled, and it did. So I gotcha. Um, but yeah, and then I remember one of the C2E2s we were at, um, we went to Mark's panel, and I think he said that he had an idea for more Superman. And like, I would love that, especially right now with Bendis absolutely destroying that character and his mythos like let's let's get mark wade in on superman speaking of mark wade i was like i was reading about um back when marvel did uh heroes reborn and he was on avengers at the time and then when rob was taking over like rob like rob liefeld kind of like reached out to him and he was like hey do you want to like as you're finishing up yours like kind of you know know what i'm gonna be doing so you can kind of like so we can kind of like make it seamless as we lead into each other's stuff and then he showed mark what he was going to be doing and then mark was just like no i'm good and like mark was talking about it, he's just like none of that stuff was stuff i really wanted anything to do with yeah well that is not hard to believe in the slightest i know it just just made me laugh really hard when i read that <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that wraps up the news, right? Yeah, man. Cool. So we'll take a quick advertising break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the ad. Uh, let's get into the comics we read this week. What? I'll let you start, man. What did you read? All right. So I read Aquaman Deep Dives number, uh, I don't know. Doesn't really say a number, but I read the newest one, <laughs> uh, Flash, <laughs> the fastest man alive, and then Batman: The Adventure Continues, number four. And then I read Batman and the Outsiders, number twelve, Green Lantern, season two, number three, Justice League forty-four, Justice League Odyssey twenty, and Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number ten. What did you read, that buddy? Is so many things. Yeah, dude. I like. I'll be honest. I was over at the girlfriend's this weekend and I didn't get my package in the mail 
until I got home. So I had to speed read everything like at lunch and then at, right after I ate. So that's why we're doing this so late. <laughs> <laughs> well, I read significantly less stuff than that, but I did read Jim Henson's The Storyteller Ghost, number two, as well as Hawkman, number 24. And I was trying to get through my backlog of Justice League Odyssey so that I could read the new one, but I just didn't quite get there. But I can briefly touch on what I did read from that, from some of the older issues. Right on. All right, so I'll just start with some of my online reads, and then we'll take turns with the the non-online stuff. That sounds good to you. Sure. All right, so first with Aquaman, it was by Steve Orlando, and then uh, I'll find the other people's first names because I'm only on first-name basis with Steve Orlando, apparently. Um, <laughs> with... Ken Marion, Sandu Flore on inks, Andrew Dollhouse on colors, and this was it was a fine issue. Like there's a lot of the uh, oh those one weird looking dudes that are like Jeff Johns made them. They were gonna make a movie off of them. I'm blanking on their name now. Help me out. The trench. Yeah, a lot of the trench. They were attacking this guy, and it turns out that there was a whole conspiracy going on. It's interesting. But this was like the Orlando stories and the Steve Orlando stories in this so far have been really good. And this was just kind of a weaker Steve Orlando Aquaman story. I know you're not the biggest Steve Orlando fan, but all of the ones prior to this have been actually pretty much knockouts, in my opinion. And this one, this was like a three on a scale of five. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like it's there. And then uh, we'll talk about the Flash now. And it's Gail Simone again and Clayton Henry. And it starts with Flash in the Wild West, and there's a uh, cowboy points a gun at him. He's talking to him. This is the coolest part for me, because the cowboy was, of course, Jonah Hex, and he, you nice. know, he's good. He was gonna be kind of nice to, you know, Flash and stuff, and he's gonna go buy him a drink because he's literally just out in the middle of a, you know, nearly got trampled by uh, buffalo and whatnot. But then Zoom shows up and wrecks stuff, and then they leave, and you know. Jonah's like, try to be nice, and this is the thing, you know, this is the thanks I get, basically. It was <laughs> it was a fun little thing, and then they're going back, they're they're running throughout time again, and they go to different places, and like this was my main problem with it is like he kind of they kind of just glaze over stuff like that uh, Candy or whatever his name is, the kid from the future, last boy on Earth, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. He like they briefly show him like they would have been a lot cooler to me. If because th- this issue just ends like they they show all this these different characters like Sergeant Rock, Shiny Knight, Etrigan, but the issue just ends like cause it's like it would be a lot neat like a lot cooler if they would have like made this like three issues and really kind of yeah. like went like had stuff with Sergeant Rock instead of just showing this picture really quick. And right. I'm sure that's an editorial thing. Like I'm sure Gail Simone would have been like, "Yes, this is what I want to do." An editorial is like, "We can't just do this for ten issues, Gail." <laughs> make it smaller so i'm sure this is what you know but it was it was fun but that's my only real gripe with it is the fact that's like you kind of like like again to be like a chop judge it's like i wanted more like this is good <laughs> but i just wanted more of it uh and then batman the adventure continues 
This is, again, by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini with Ty Templeton on the art. And Tim Drake is going home. Like, he was supposed to help Batman, but Batman's like, oh, you got to go home. It's a school night. So he sent him home. As he's going home, he sees Deathstroke, and he's like, oh, I want to, you know, see what he's doing. He's breaking into the breaking into the museum. And then so he kind of catches him, and Deathstroke knew he was there, of course, and they start talking. He kind of tells him that, oh, I'm actually taking on um, – Firefly, and so they, you know, Firefly ends up showing up there, and they fight Firefly, and you know, it's a whole thing, and like, then it goes to Batman, and Bat, and it like flashes up to Batman really quick, and he's fighting Mad Hatter, and then he notices someone watching him, and it's Jason. He goes to him, but he's gone by the time he gets there. He's like, "What is he? You know, what's he doing?" And then they fight. You know, it goes back to Firefly, and they fight him, and it just kind of ends with them getting shot in the face with fire. Like, main downside to this is, like, Firefly, even, like, when he was Batman's main villain on, like, an episode of this show, I never took him seriously as a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, it's not someone that, if I saw just Robin going against Firefly, I'd be worried. So, if you have Robin and Deathstroke going against, (laughs) against, you know, Firefly, it's like, Firefly doesn't stand a chance. So, it's like. They could have done with like Mr. Freeze, I think would have been a better villain, but that's that's my only gripe with that. It's still a lot of fun. It's just like watching the cartoon. Yeah. And then I will talk about Batman the Outsiders number 12. This is uh, by Hill and Soy. And this is like this book is like kind of the most solid book out there. It's got lots of really cool characters. There's some like a little bit of romance in it. There's a lot of really cool fights. And this time, Rachel, like this is, seems like kind of like the last main issue before the big, the big fight that's gonna happen. Like Rache has this weapon that can destroy cities, and then he, because he's mad at Lady Shiva for betraying him, destroys her home village. And like they were, oh. they used to be assassins and stuff and like warriors, but now they're all just simple farmers and he kills them all. And like, you actually see lady Shiva cry in this and you know, she's like, they were just farmers. So it's like, you now have, you know, lady Shiva also coming after you Raish. Like, I know you're tough, but not that dang tough. So that's <laughs> going to be, that's pretty exciting. Like the next, like I said, the next issue is going to be pretty awesome. They also walk, like there's one neat thing. Cause I, I'm a big Shiva fan as we noted last time, where it's just kind of funny. They walk into this building and all of the people that were teaming up with Raish were in there dead. And then they're like, this could have been you, Shiva. And she's like, please, if I still would have been on his side, he would have been the one dead. I'm like, that is so (laughs) awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, I will talk about... Yeah, I'll just talk about Justice League Odyssey real quick. All right. So I was getting through the the second volume of that, and I don't like. Do you remember where you started reading that series? I I think it was right when uh, Dan Abnett actually took over. Cause like, I think that's what you told me too. Is like. Yeah, this was the first issue that he took over when I bought it. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this after his Hercules, but it was actually awesome. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe that was the second volume. But um, anyway, like these 
creatures or monsters or just beings, I guess, would be a better term, are like whooping up on dark side, which was kind of crazy to see. And it's just like, man, if, if they're doing this to dark side, even though, as we've discussed, it's not, you know, the true dark side or whatever, uh, it's still kind of crazy to see him take as much damage as he has. And so I'm just curious what is going to happen with our normal team, like, you know, Starfire, Jessica, Cyborg, and Azrael. What are they going to be able to do if yeah. if these things are whooping up on dark side? So anyway, I'm still loving it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get through like an issue or two a night to, to get caught up to current, but really loving it so far. I love the art. I, it feels like, uh, the same voice for all these characters, you know, transitioning from Williamson to Abnett. So, uh, really been enjoying it. Yeah. I think this technically is the real dark side too, though, not to correct you because I, if I remember correctly in what I've read and you've actually read the whole series, I've just kind of read stuff that I read online to catch up, but wasn't it like, this is him recovering after he got his butt kicked by anti-monitor, correct? Yes. So I think this is like that is technically a very weakened version of the of actual dark side, not one of his icons. Could be wrong on that, so I could be looking like a fool correcting you. So I apologize if I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. All right. So my next book I'm going to talk about is Green Lantern season two. Um, issue three it's by grant morrison and liam sharp and like the story itself it's neat like it's a neat kind of one-off green lantern story not a lot to it green lantern uh some of his friend like a friend of his was like oh i need you to test this machine and like a lot of people have died doing it so far or they've gone missing you can teleport you know like in this new ship and so he's like so he you know he's like okay i'll do it just so you know, when I test machines, I don't bring my ring because that's a safety net. So here you go. He gives him his Green Lantern ring and t- teleports. And, oh, there's the, you know, like, turns out there's the people that, you know, died. Like, one of them's dead. And then one of them is still alive, like, just stuck in the thing. And there's, like, this cloud, like, this interdimensional cloud being. And it turns out that the military had attacked it. And because they're opened up different portals and stuff. And it's, like they're causing the whole problem, you know, with this cloud thing. And then they get back through and they, you know, Hal kind of uses his, uh, green lantern coat, like his green lantern stuff. It's kind of let let the military know, like y'all aren't allowed to be, te- you know, randomly teleporting and causing a ruckus anymore. Like, cause you don't know, understand how this technology <laughs> works and you're just causing all sorts of problems. And so then like, they're like, well, you don't have the authority. He's like, I do. Cause I am, you know, the guardian of this sector. So you have to listen to me, but you know, and the, like I said, the story is fine in of itself, but the real like amazing thing. And I want you to check this out when you get to work, you know, tomorrow, like Liam Sharp's art, he's the only artist on this book, but he draws it in a way that makes you think that there's like five different artists on this book. Like he is flexing so hard when he's doing this book. It's insane. <laughs> Like sounds awesome. I was, yeah, like I was looking at it and I was like, I kept looking and be like, there has to be other artists on this because like he just switches up the styles throughout and you're just it I was just like, how? 
how is one guy doing all of this? Like, he really does deserve, like, an Iser nomination at the very least for this. <laughs> it was crazy. I'll certainly check it out. That sounds great. Um, okay. Is that all you wanted to say on that? I don't want to cut in. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine, man. I'm not okay. going to spend too much time because we're already at 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next I read Jim Henson's The Storyteller Ghost, number two. This was done um, story and art by Jennifer Rostowski. And I know I've talked about it before on the podcast, but the storyteller will just pick you know, a random mythological creature of sorts, and they'll do four issues, um, each a one-shot on a different uh, kind of that mythological creature. So this one uh, is Ghosts, and this story was pretty creepy. Like, you know, the book is all ages because it's Jim Henson, but um, the storyteller tells a story about... Um, these two lovers and one of the lovers fell in love with somebody else. And so, uh, I don't really know how to pronounce their names. One is Malika and Malika sees that her girlfriend is, uh, is going after this other gal. So she gets really upset and decides that she's going to win back her girlfriend. So she gives her like, pearls and is feeding her all these exotic fruits and singing her poetry and stuff, but it doesn't work. Her girlfriend is still like more interested in this other girl. So she gets upset. She goes to this library and uh, this book starts glowing. So she takes down the book from the shelf and starts reading it and finds a love spell. <clears throat> She's like, okay, I'm just going to do this love spell on my girlfriend and win her back. And basically, she is using this love spell for the wrong reasons, and the spirits realize that. And one of the, the parts of the spell is that she has to tie a black ribbon around her throat. And she doesn't have a black ribbon, so she takes some like ash from the incense burner that she's using. <clears throat> And just kind of puts some ash around her throat and says, there we go, that's sort of like a black ribbon. Well, the spirits don't think so. And uh, they yell at her and say they're going to punish her. And essentially, her head leaves her body with, like, her heart and some, like, arteries and stuff. And she's just a floating head now. And she goes and tries to talk to her girlfriend who obviously, like, screams and runs away because she's a monster and tries to talk to all of her loved ones and goes to the girl that her girlfriend left her for because she wants to inflict revenge but um, realizes that the girl is actually quite nice and doesn't really <laughs> deserve all the hate that she's getting. And so Malika apologizes and just accepts her fate of being terrible there for a bit and spends the rest of her days as a floating head. And basically, because, like, all these issues have, like, a theme or, like, a lesson to be learned, and this one was 
desperate times don't always call for desperate measures. And sometimes you just need to like sit back and chill. So and and always follow pretty, instructions. And always follow instructions. If you're gonna <laughs> perform a dark magic ritual, you know don't get, cut corners. Get the black ribbon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was a cool one shot. I like these stories and I enjoyed it. So nice, man. It does sound pretty neat. Um, next up for me is Justice League. It's by Vendetti and Zarmanico. And uh, basically, their Aquaman had a stress, you know, distress for him. He was like, "Oh, we're missing some, you know, Atlanteans," and so the other Justice Leaguers are flying towards them. And then they look out the window, and there's like just these ancient, like, kind of Greek monsters are all attacking them. And Wonder Woman's like, "This can't be real." And so then they fight them off and they send them away and they're talking about like what the monsters were and stuff. And then like Wonder Woman's like, these are all monsters that the Amazons, you know, buried in Tartarus like a long time ago. There's no way this makes sense that they're back. And then they, the monsters all come back, you know, and they're all after Wonder Woman and they, you know, beat them up again. And they're like, huh, must be, you know, like that's weird that they were all after you. I wonder why. And then out of nowhere, uh, Batman's eyes glow green and he starts yelling at Superman being like, well, you didn't even think about when you made your identity, you know, go public. Like you didn't even tell me your plans first. And then like uh, green lantern's eyes glow green. And he's like, Oh, you always just think you're the boss Batman. And they're, they're talking like everyone kind of has their own little things that they're kind of, you know, like resentments that they're holding in and they're all kind of like letting themselves all go at each other, like start yelling at each other. And then the specter shows up and that's how it ends. Like it was, it wasn't their, the best Venditti Justice League issue, but it was also a lot of fun because you get to see them fight like a Griffith and like other, and like Hydra and a bunch of other monsters. And then the end is kind of funny. Like it was kind of funny to me when I was reading it, like speed reading it. Cause it was just like Batman's like, you didn't tell me your plans. I thought we were best friends. I didn't want to tell you this because, like, you know, we're best friends, but, like, it just hurts my feelings, you know? <laughs> just, you don't get that. You don't get that vulnerable side of Batman often. <laughs> right. And I bet Venditti will crush it on the next issue, bringing the Spectre in. Oh, for sure. Like, this was very much just a build-up issue. It just had, like, you get the fun fights and then that ending part just to build up to whatever Spectre's going to do. Right. Uh, how many more do you have? Because I've just got the one more. Two. Two more, and with the one Justice League Odyssey, I'm just going to say it was really good. I don't really want to spoil anything for you since you're trying to work your way up to it. And <laughs> a lot of big plot details are just happening in the little bit that I say. So I'm not going to say really what happens. Time travel stuff, it's cool. Right on. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, so my last one then was Hawkman number 24. It was written by Robert Venditti, art by Marcio Takara, and Fernando Pissarin. So this issue was like a flashback issue to one of his previous lives. It takes us to 1600 Spain during what they call the sickness. And Carter is dressed like a plague doctor, which looks super cool with like a modified yeah, bird awesome. mask <laughs> and uh takara does all the art for the the flashback parts and 
Casey knows this. I'm a huge Marcio Takara fan. I've, I've got some original art by him. And I didn't know he was going to do this. So it was cool to see some of my favorite comic art on one of my favorite characters. But essentially, Carter works as a census taker. But the people of the town he's visiting thinks that he's like the one bringing the sickness wherever he goes. They're like, we've heard the tales of, you know, the plague doctor bringing the sickness all over Spain. And Carter gets mad at himself because he wants to help cure these people, the illness, but he, there's nothing he can do about it. And so the townspeople, like, capture Carter and tie him to a stake to burn him. Um, and, I mean, I think it goes without saying at this point, we're, we're talking spoilers here. So, <laughs> um, But anyway... Right before they burn him at the stake, another plague doctor shows up and tells the townspeople, like, hey, your dead loved ones wouldn't want you acting like this and, like, killing other people, so stop it. <laughs> and they're like, hey, she's right. They wouldn't. And they do stop it and apologize and let him go and all that. Well, it turns out that it's Hawkwoman. It's Shaira. Uh, she's the lady plague doctor. So that was pretty cool. She's like, you know, this is weird, but I feel like I've met you before. Do I know you from somewhere? And he's like, no, but it does feel familiar. And they decide to travel together um, on their way through through Spain. And then the flashback ends. And we return to current times where Shaira and Carter wake up. And Carter seems to be cured of the infection that made him into Sky Tyrant, which is the evil Earth-3 Hawkman. And so wherever they wake up, uh, it's just in this place called Beyond the Void, and that's where the issue ends. So I wonder if Sky Tyrant's going to come back, because I don't think just falling down a chasm would cure him of that. Um, but I also want to point out how freaking cool Hawkwoman's costume design is uh, for this series. I think that the Hawk people look pretty rad almost any time, but this especially looks super cool. And I'm glad that she is in this title now. And Venditti is one heck of a writer and gets these characters. And I loved it. Yeah, it sounds really awesome. It's still crazy to me that we talked to him at C2E2 and he was like, I really didn't care too much about Hawk, Hawkman before you know, yeah, I started writing this. Never, yeah, he said he'd <laughs> never really read any before and I'm like, <laughs> well I mean I get it because his continuity is just an absolute disaster, but man does he do a great job. Yeah. Well, my last book was Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. And I say this every time it's out. This is my favorite book. It's by Matt Fraction, Steve Lieber, and it's just like it it's jumbled up in different spots, so it kinda like talks it's briefly like Olsen with his wife and his sister on top of a building and then the the alien that his wife was supposed to marry is attacking the town and they're just throwing banana peels and slipping on you know, slipping as the guy's henchman up. And then it jumps to Jimmy Olsen's brother, and it turns out that he's broke, partially because of Jimmy, also just because the guy's not good at, you know, keeping his money. <laughs> and then it's like, it goes to the, 
uh, armadillo something. I remember, I don't, I don't know how to say the dude's name, but he's like this porcupine armadillo man that was supposed to be like a legacy hero, a legacy villain, but then he decided to become his own thing because he didn't want to be the Annihilator Junior Junior, and he became <laughs> like armadillo kind, or it's something like that, but he looks ridiculous, and he's telling his story to the cop, and he, you know, tells him how he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sure that Jimmy Olsen's, you know, supposed to be killed because like I, I promised jimmy if there was a big conspiracy i'd you know save his life and so yeah it's just this it, it's dealing with all those three different parts and then jimmy goes off you know in the night and sees his brother and i'm not gonna spoil anything really even though it doesn't really matter if you spoil this book in my opinion because you're just there for the ride you know it doesn't really matter what the main story <laughs> is you're just just enjoying yourself the whole time right well, it sounds fun, and what I've read of that series, I do really enjoy. Yeah, it's, I'm so excited for it to get like the hardcover treatment because I'm gonna buy one for myself and my nephew for sure, and probably my brother because it's like it's that that type of humor that I'm like, oh yeah, my 12 year old nephew will enjoy this along with my 30 something year old brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the magic of Matt Fraction. Exactly, man. <laughs> Well, I think that's all of our comics. It is. So that means it's time for a Fantastic Four, buddy. You ready? I am ready. Okay, so the Chicago, or Michael Jordan's The Last Dance documentary finished up, and it got me thinking, what would be, like, what would be, like, four fun comic book-related events that you'd want a multi-part documentary on? So this could be, like, you know, stuff that happened in the movie. So if you're like, I want to know what happened with the Snyder cut documentary series, or if you're like, or even if there was like a event in the comic book. So you're like, I want to know what happened when Galactus attacked from the point of view of the people. And I want a 10, you know, 10 hour documentary on a fake thing that happened as if it were real. So, you know, whatever, just give me four of them. Okay. This is an interesting one. I like this. Um, Okay, so one, I'm going to say I would just want a multi-part documentary, like, uh, I guess, interview of the the creative team behind Justice League International. Just, like, like how their pitch worked to DC to, like, hey, we're (laughs) not going to, like, because really, I mean, that was kind of the first time that the main Justice League wasn't involved at all in a Justice League title, you know? So, like, how did they get the okay with that? And, you know, how did they come up with those characters, etc.? So I'd want to know that. Um, And then, sort of along the same lines, the same thing, but with James Robinson's Cry for Justice, <laughs> just to kind of see <laughs> how, like, what really happened there, because I, there was obviously a big kerfuffle between James and editorial, and that story did not come out like it was meant to be, and I want to know the full story behind it. Um, yeah, I don't really know if this is the type of thing you're looking for, but that's like where my mind is going. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing again, but for Kingdom Come, because I feel like that mm. was like a super unique 
Elseworlds title, and I want to know how Mark Wade so, and Alex Ross came up with that. Funny, funny story about Kingdom Come, really quick. My brother told me this. I guess, and this might not be true because he he had heard it and then he told me it. So like, I'm probably retelling it poorly. But I guess Mark Wade actually heard that story, like got the idea from like an old buddy of his that told him the idea. And, (laughs) and so then he was just like, Oh shoot, you told me that. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Man, that's really funny. Yeah. I hope that it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Same here. (laughs) Um, and then I would just love like a 60 minutes type thing with, uh, with Walt Simonson and his entire Thor mythos. I'm sure that comes as a shock to nobody, but, uh, that would interest the heck out of me. And, and this is made for me. So that's what I'm going <laughs> with. What about you? I think 60 minutes. I think, yeah, I, I have a few, but I think 60 minutes would be kind of tough for Walt, you know, for old Walt to get something done like that. Probably. <laughs> Maybe do 120 minutes. Um, (laughs) But so like I've talked about this before, but a new 52 documentary just to see what the heck happened. Yeah. Like how, like what were they thinking? How was this a, you know, how was like rebooting some stuff and not a good idea? Like how their thought process was. Um, That's top of my list. And then like just for fun events in the comic books, like I, I think it'd be kind of neat just cause I'm listening to the Marvel's podcast where it does take like the actual Galactus attack and it makes, you know, it's like a kind of investigative podcast on that event. So like if they did that, but with like secret invasion where, you know, you have these different people being interviewed and they're like, I didn't even know if my neighbor was a scroll or not, you know, like it, <laughs> all these different people just like, like it was real. Like that would be hilarious and awesome to me. It would be. <laughs> I'd love that. And, uh, I don't know. I think like the thought process behind like civil war, like when that, you know, big event happened. And also like when Marvel nearly went bankrupt, like Mm -hmm. having that, you know, having that story, like in documentary fashion would be really cool too. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we could go down a a whole long list of stuff. Like, yeah, I just want to know what was going on behind this thing. So so really quick, this is I, I, a tangent I shouldn't go on. But so I was like thinking to myself, you know, we've talked about what if someone did a documentary or like a podcast on the new 52? I was like, well, what if I just kind of try to reach out to some of these people that were big ups and just see if I can get, you know. And so I go to Google Jeff Johns's Twitter and then I realized he blocked me on Twitter because I was a jerk on Twitter for such a long time back in the day. Like, I don't even remember saying anything mean to him, but I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> but he's blocked me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Congrats on being blocked by Jeff Johns. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't even remember ever tweeting anything mean to him besides when he ruined the question. And I was very mad about that. I bet that's what it was. That was going to be my guess. Yeah, but it wasn't even like, get some <clears throat> thicker skin, man. I didn't even, <laughs> you know, say anything too mean to you. I just said you're a bad writer and a bad person, I bet. 
Okay, man. Well, now that that's over, it's time that we are no longer friends and we do a big ol' fight. I'm ready for it. Okay, so I'm gonna draw a card that will not come up again until the end. They're gonna be <laughs> fighting inside a volcano. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why we're still doing the cards. We never, ever talk about it. Yeah, it's just for fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for the next fighting thing, we'll bring up the... We'll, we'll do better with the cards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, it's Bronze Tiger versus Richard Dragon. So, just a couple of feats for Bronze Tiger. His kicking strength is so strong, he knocked out Batman with a kick to the gut. He... Knocked out Major Victory with a kick to the back of the head. Was able to stagger a Manhunter with a kick. And this is the uh, Green Lantern villain Manhunter, not the other Manhunter character, because there's like five different Manhunters out there. So I just want to <laughs> specify it was that one. Uh, he actually, with his striking, his punching striking strength, he was able to knock out Richard Dragon with two punching blows. Each of his strikes were able to make Dragon spit up blood. He was fast enough to, or strong enough to be able to catch a Richard Dragon strike. Endurance, uh, he was thrown into a metal wall hard enough to damage it, and he you know, got back up and kind of brushed off like it was nothing. He took hits from Deathstroke and went toe-to-toe with him. He has tanked several hits from Richard Dragon that end up with him spitting blood. Bullet, he's a bullet timer with speed, obviously, he is. He once put an apple on Major Victory's head, and like, cause Major Victory was, you know, like, yeah, you're not faster than me, and so he put an apple on his head, and then took it off of his head and was eating the apple before Major Victory even could see what he was doing. That's how fast he is. <laughs> um, he struck Deadshot before Deadshot could even shoot. Uh, him and Richard Dragon were running away from Heat Vision together, so they're both able to run faster than Heat Vision, which I'm assuming would be speed of light speed. So I don't know for you know I don't know the speed of Heat Vision. I'm just assuming here. Uh, he blitzed four members of the League of Assassins before they could even react, and then I'll stop there and get to my general skills and some of my battles next. Okay. So the thing about Richard Dragon is he's regarded as one of the best, but there's really not like hard, like a lot of hard lists out there for his stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you want to get through some more, I'll just kind of lay all mine out there at once. Okay, man, that's fine. Um, So general skill, he has been said to have a defense set up for every different type of martial arts attack. Uh, he even keeps his own, he keeps his skill while blind with fury. So he was really mad and was still able to, you know, be skillful, you know, skillfully attack. He knows all of the martial arts. He can even use his chi to heal himself. Eat that iron fist. He helped train (laughs) Richard Dragon. He even knows, and this is the most impressive feat, knows knots that the Boy Scouts don't even know. <laughs> in battle, he has beaten Batman on several different occasions. He has beaten Richard Dragon before. He kind of stalemates Deathstroke. Like, there's other stuff going on, so it wasn't like a clear win for either of them. So I'm just kind of tossing up as a as a tie. He's beaten Catman. 
And that's what I got for old Bronze Tiger. Okay. Richard Drakonofsky, a.k.a. Richard Dragon, is the best martial artist who isn't from the future in DC Comics. <laughs> when it comes to fighting, here's his, uh, his short list of feats. He's fought the Circle of Six, which is a top-tier martial artist group. Um, he has fought Connor Hawk and trained Connor Hawk as well. Um, he's beat the Twelve Brothers in Silk, and during which is another top-tier martial artist group. But in the entire fight, Dragon doesn't even get hit one time. He can fight top-tier martial artists while blindfolded has won um, against, like, monster creatures, so not just, like, other human martial artists. He's won two world tournaments. Um, when it comes to training, he's trained Batman, all of Batman's friends, including uh, Selena Kyle, Dick Grayson, Black Canary, Connor Hawk, Vic Sage. He's trained the Huntress. Um... And he, he has trained with Bronze Tiger as well, as well as Lady Shiva. Um, he's a bullet timer, you know, chops through metal, all that good stuff. He, and, and this is probably the, the most impressive feat of his, is he has beat Lady Shiva on multiple occasions. Um, and at his peak, he's just outright better than, you know, Shiva or, in my opinion, Bronze Tiger and is repeatedly just referred to by every other martial artist as the best open-hand fighter in the world. And that's what I got for Richard Dragon. And I think he wins the fight, even in the volcano. I'm bringing it back around to the volcano. <laughs> so... I will say, I'm going to add in a feat for you really quick, because he also once fought Batman, and, I, and it really depends on if you're a Richard Dragon fan or a Batman fan. I really think it's another one of those fights where it's kind of a stalemate between the two, but they kind of fight, He to they toss each other around, and it's just kind of like, Batman knows he's outclassed, so he was going to have to cheat, and I think it just kind of, like, what, the way I read it, it just kind of reads like a stalemate. Which, right. that's also pretty impressive. Yeah. But, at the end of the day, they have fought before. Bronze Tiger has beaten him before. I think, like the like, probably six times out of ten, Bronze Tiger wins. Four times out of ten, actually, probably not even six. It'd probably be like five and a quarter. Bronze Tiger wins because it's like it's very much like if we were to do Shang Chi versus Richard Dragon, or against Bronze Tiger. It's like, oh yeah, they're basically the same. <laughs> but at they the end of the day, the Bronze Tiger is just a tinge better. I, I I disagree. Like, has has Bronze Tiger fought and beat like Shiva? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's bought and, you know fought and beat him, but he has fought and beat Richard Dragon, who has fought and beat Shiva. <laughs> right, but Bronze Tiger has fought and beat Dragon, but Dragon's fought and beat him. Like, it's. I'm, I'm when did he to... beat him? If, because I didn't see that honestly, because I only saw the one fight between the two, and Bronze beat him. 
I don't have the I don't have the scans on me anymore. I just have bullet right, points, but um, like I know it started with uh, with Bronze Tiger training Richard. Yeah, but then like every everything I was reading on the respect thread made it seem like that Dragon surpassed that level. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong because I like I said, it's really hard to find like a lot of stuff on Richard and Dragon. I know because I've actually looked up a lot of stuff on him too because I really like the character and it's it's a jumbled mess because like I think honestly the Chuck Dixon because it was a Chuck Chuck Dixon series where they fought each other and it was like mm-hmm. a Richard Dragon series that you know he he beat him in I don't think any of that's canon. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, because I, I think I've read that online before where they're like, oh, yeah, most of Richard Dragon's feats aren't really canon anymore. Like, I think that's all kind of out the window. So it's kind of hard to really say. But it's just the and at the end of the day, too, though, you have to take into consideration Bronze Tiger does have more feats than Richard Dragon. So it's like he he just has more stuff that he's done. Like, I didn't list everything because I, I figured this was going to be a long one. Surprisingly, it's not near as long as I expected because I kind of rushed through stuff. So, you know, but the fact that he was also able to stalemate Deathstroke, Deathstroke has beaten the Teen Titans. I'm not saying Bronze Tiger could beat the Teen Titans because, like, that was mostly, you know, the tactics of Deathstroke, you know, but the fact that he was able to beat Deathstroke shows just how good Bronze Tiger was. The fact that he was able to beat Batman shows how good he is. So it's like, I don't know, I don't have a... a you know, scan of him fighting Shiva. But it's like these these are some other top tier people he's beating up. Right. And I mean my whole thing is that the few scans that we do get, it's him, you know, f- fighting with these top tier people. So I just I I don't know. I'm I'm not willing to concede on this one like we have done in the right. past. <laughs> well we'll we'll put it to vote and I'll lose. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like you said, if if there's more stuff out there for him, and, and sometimes it just becomes a popularity contest. I mean, I just blame your voice, though. It's smooth and creamy like coffee, and mine's like a like a blender full of nails. <laughs> that is a hard like, I'm going with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, the, the main thing that I was putting into this fight was, like, you know, you put a lot of work into your Shiva research and just made her sound so good. And and Dragon, you know, beat her and twice but, when, when it was when it came down to it. And like yeah. it's just all these other people are like, Oh, the best in the world? It's Richard Dragon. Yeah, but at the same time it's like Outside of Denny O'Neill's question run, as far as with like with Shiva showing respect to Dragon, she's beaten him a few. Like I think she's beaten him once too. So it's like, in all honesty, it's just kind of like, what did they have for breakfast today between Here's... Bronze Tiger, Richard Dragon, and Shiva? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, they had that. Well, then this one's gonna win because they had bacon while the others had cereal. You know what I mean? Like, here's the thing about that the time she beat opinion. him though. Here's the thing. The time that All she right. beat him, he actually let her win. And that, that is one that I did read. Okay. I don't know if there if there's been like a bunch of times where they fought, but the one that was on the on the thread, he 
he let her do it for like some sort of Obi-Wan Kenobi dying sort of thing, you know, like it, it was yeah. for her benefit. But you. anyway, we, we don't need to sit here and talk about it for that much longer. <laughs> Either way, crazy fight, which leads to our last two combatants. And I believe that it is Karnak versus the Karate Kid. Yep. So this should be fun for me. <laughs> I'm still going to come out swinging, though. Yeah, man. Okay, so... Let's. We did this last week, so I figured we could do it again. Let's talk about three comics that we're excited about for next week. Okay, you go first while I bring up the list. <laughs> All right. I am really pumped for more Farmhand. That's one of my favorite books out there. Um, I probably have to go with next on my list would be old Flash 754 because... Obviously, I love Flash. And then probably the last one is Outer Darkness and Chew. I was blown away with how much I liked that first one, even though I don't know what Outer Darkness is at all. But it was just so nice getting more Chew in my life that I was like, yes. So I'm pretty (laughs) pumped for that, too. Right on. Really, the only one that I'm actively reading that comes out next week is... He-Man and, well, next week, this week, He-Man and Masters of the Multiverse, number six. So that'll wrap up that story. So I'm pretty excited for that. I'm not really reading anything else, but I did see the cover of Batman Beyond, and it has Goliath in it, who was uh, Damien's, like, pet bat monster thing from uh, his, his solo run. And that just has me curious what Goliath is doing in Batman Beyond, so I'll probably read that just to see what's going on there. But it's a super cool cover. Um, I, I just yeah. had an, I, I thought, what the heck is Damien doing in Batman Beyond Universe? Because he should still be alive. I don't know. I mean, maybe this will explain it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should be cool, though. And, I mean, I like Batman Beyond, the character, and Dan Jurgens writes it, so I'm sure it's probably going to be good. Um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I've thought about picking it up in the past. Like, I'm not invested in that universe, really, but Dan Jurgens, I really like, and I want to read more stuff he's doing. Yeah, and, and he's been on it from the beginning, so, you know, I'm sure it's probably stayed pretty great, if, you know, because yeah. if, if it's not doing well, DC's going to kick the writer off, but mm-hmm. Jurgens has been on it from the beginning, so it must be pretty decent. For sure, man. So, all right. Well, that wraps up this week, guys. Again, if you'll like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, you can find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore podcast, on Instagram at two worlds pod, and you can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And please like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. It would really help us out. All right, guys. Well, and. We have a big old sandwich to eat, so we will see you guys later. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.